Garage Logic, broadcasting live from the office of the mayor above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake. Featuring the rookie on production, Chris Reavers, vice president of social media, and John Height in the newsroom. Now, the fireworks commissioner, flashlight king, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Starting. Commencing Garage Logic segment number one. Where's the hot weather? 75, it's starting to get a little steamy, huh? It, no. By 5 o'clock, it's still forecasted to be 87 degrees or 85 degrees. Well, where is I think it's just around the horizon, just it, over the horizon. Is the director of social media in there? The director of social media is in here. He's um, putting on his headphones as we speak and very comfortable, very comfortable. I note that you posted on the Garage Logic website the video of the moron at Yellowstone. Oh, oh. oh sweet, yeah. Uh, oh. I have this filed under man, man, pe- people, human, Hugh, he, humans, Hugh, losing sight of their relationship with nature. But this guy goes beyond that. He's just a, a word I can't say. Plus, yeah, he's a uh, that was mean spirited what he was doing. Reporters at Yellowstone National Park are calling the actions of a bozo who taunted a bison reckless, dangerous, and illegal. Uh, we need people to be stewards of Yellowstone, and one way to do that is to keep your distance from wildlife. Park Superintendent Dan Wink told BNQT. Bystander Lindsey Jones of Elko, Nevada, captured the video of the shorts-wearing man beating his chest. He was like Tarzan. right? Mm-hmm. Beating his chest as he approached the beast, which promptly charged him on the two-way road in Hayden Valley. Uh, He walked away unharmed. Visitors are required to stay at least 25 yards from animals, uh, 100 yards away from bears, wolves. Uh, I will say, that type of thing does happen where these bison just walk right up to your car. Yeah, but leave them alone. Right. When I did, I left them alone. Don't get out of your vehicle. Well, plus, here's what I I didn't watch the video uh, carefully enough. Maybe you can help me. Didn't his actions also hold up traffic? Or was it a traffic stop anyway? I think the traffic was stopped anyway. And I'm assuming that's why he got out of his vehicle to get the bison off the road. Either way, he's a moron. Well, it's just it's just dreadful. And here's what I hope because I hope as he you, goes to jail. As you said, the the woman recording it on a cell phone video um was not with him. It was a bystander. Right. I hope to God he didn't have family in a vehicle watching him. I bet, I bet he, he did. did. Oh. So that's all fam- this is the only people that go through that. It's not likely that he was just a lone guy cruising through Yellowstone. Well, my point is don't it, don't encourage this behavior because I know that there was other people kind of laughing in the back or what, what are you people that stupid? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I encountered the bison in the winter when I did a snowmobiling trip in Yellowstone Oh. and I didn't get near the distance. Yeah. Okay. How that, do you, do you, you didn't think, mistake. Do you think they like me being there. How, there. I sound a little euphoric. Yeah. Right? But you didn't, you didn't mistake a bison for a snowmobile. Maybe after not. a couple of stops. Nope. No. No. Okay. No. No, wait a minute. You said on a snowmobile. Was this when you covered the snowmobile race? Or were you on a snowmobile? No, a bunch of us went to, a bunch of the guys went to Yellowstone specifically uh, to explore it by snowmobile. Oh, in, cool. In the dead of winter. You uh, you bunk up with Johnny that time? Or <laughs> how'd that work out? I think yeah, it was Johnny. My, my brother, yeah. yeah. That's why I had to tell him, look, Here's I get one shot to fall asleep. 
So shut the hell up with your snoring. <laughs> Say, you know, I was going to tell you about that. Uh, I've never been snowmobiling before or since and, and have never felt the need to. Because I snowmobiled in the, what I would imagine would be the optimum conditions for anybody oh, who wants to go snow. Yeah. You know why? They had snow. Yeah. They had snow. They had places to go. Yeah, I, I admire that. I think that's really... Um, Rook, walk us through. What what would a bunkmate... Uh, what kind of bunkmate would Joe be? Well, my guess... Yeah, bad waiter. My guess would be as he's laying on the... Maybe the lower bunk. Sure. And he's he's sitting there in the... The Afghan that's covering it doesn't cover his feet because they're they're sticking straight up. And Johnny, after wrestling to get on the upper bunk, is asking him things like, "Tomorrow should we go and get some have some coffee and some sandwiches at the uh, at the old cafe?" And no, that, you know what else I remember about that room? It was it was too dry. I hate that dryness in the winter. Right, you need some. Um, I needed some humidity. Right, some humidity. Well, the you know to, to stay with wildlife uh, in Boise, Idaho, this morning. Okay. Residents in a neighborhood uh, encountered 100 goats running loose in their neighborhood, eating everything they could get their choppers that's, on. That's what goats do. Yeah. Well, Who why? owned 100 goats? Right. What's a goat mystery? 100 goats. goats would be hard to miss. They're everywhere. Yeah, you would. I was, re- I was seeing it on uh, uh, CBS New York. I don't know why CBS New York had it when it was all the way across the country, but... Uh, if you go to any site in Boise, Idaho, you'll uh, discover that there's a neighborhood there that there's a hundred goats running loose. A goat full of dynamite? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? <laughs> well, uh, is everything all right with the staff? Yeah, it's Friday. Things are good. It's Scramble Friday. Uh, it's going to be uh, you know fairly nice weather here. It'll be a little warm, but I'm that's feeling okay. um, I'm feeling somewhat <laughs> charitable. I believe we're in the TCL broadcast studios. I believe I will turn on the golf tournament for you guys. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah, you. we uh, we appreciate it. looks great. looks like you're right there. You can almost smell the flowers. I didn't turn it on yet. Oh. So, yeah. that, was that not golf? No, I, did, I didn't turn it on yet. I didn't turn the TV on yet. Oh. Get it? I got it. Huh? <laughs> but it's hey, not a major. How dumb are you? Pretty dumb. Remember how dumb you used to be? I'm better now. Yeah. What are the chances we can get you to throw on the old ball game at two? What ball game? Oh, you got Cubs Padres, huh? Zero chance. Oh, got yeah. It. See on that. This is a major, isn't it? They count that. They'll take that as a major, won't they? Huh? <laughs> I think so. WGC? You remember how dumb I used to be? Yeah. Well, I'm better now. Well, I'm certainly glad to hear it. Hmm. No coyote sightings yet today. Uh, yet is the key. The unemployment I'm- rate has fallen to 3.9%, and the economy added 157,000 jobs in July, the Labor Department said today. Well, that's about as good a news as you can get. Uh, but workers' average hourly paychecks grew tepidly from the previous month and are up just 2.7% compared to the same time last year. Uh, a, who is it? I need a name. A guy named Paul. Paul? You left out the best part of that story about the Yellowstone snowmobiling that perhaps Reavers has never heard. Which, which part is that? Well, in anticipation of a, of a difficult night falling asleep, which you were terribly anxious about, yeah. 
our brother Johnny uh, said he was going to go into town uh, to get something, and you looked at him and said, hey, if you come across a Best Buy or something, give me a little stereo headset so I can get to sleep. <laughs> well, the problem is we were in Cray, Montana, which has got about 200 people in it. Yeah. And the nearest Best Buy was in Fargo, about 900 miles away. Well, you, you do have a good point. Oh. He didn't ask him to drive to Fargo, did he? <laughs> I thought I no. thought I thought you would relay the part about where we'd get to. <laughs> oh we'd get God. to a certain uh, known spot. I'd look at it for thirty seconds and say, "Okay, okay, okay, okay. Where are we What's going next? next? Where, where are we going, going next?" Well, well, that that simply goes without saying. Yeah. You just check that off. You know. You just want to see what else is on TV. What else is? See, I don't watch TV. I just want to know what oh. else is on TV. Great Seinfeld. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, all right. Very good. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah. You run by a Best Buy. You find a Best in the Buy. Middle of oh, I can see. You. I can see you. Don't tell that Kenny that. Don't tell Kenny. Oh no. yeah, he's no. Gotta, don't he's tell Kenny know. that. He's gonna know. You idiot. <laughs> don't tell him. Oh, that's yeah. fantastic. It's the end of the world as we know it. Here's fine. Joe Suchere. Uh, Scott writes, in my defense, the nearest Best Buy was in Bozeman. That's only 90 miles away. Oh, Johnny could have taken that trip. Are you aware of this so-called conspiracy that's being sold by the likes of CNN? Conspiracy A presidential of conspiracy? That or what? CNN's Chris Saliza Giz- suggested that uh, President Trump was sending cryptic messages mm. to a person or group of people known as QAnon at last week's campaign rally. According to Saliza, QAnon, or sometimes just Q, is the anonymous key player in a mega conspiracy theory that targets Trump opponents like Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama. And as Q is the 17th letter in the alphabet, the president was apparently sending a secret message when he referred, uh, when he referenced 17 angry Democrats. Chris Cuomo Cezilla's CNN colleague doubled down on Trump's supposed involvement in cultivating conspiracy theories in his segment on his own show. Uh, that's really He tweeted out fact. in all capital letters, Trump is ignoring what is true and cultivating a base that includes those who eat up conspiracies and dark mysteries of power. I have no idea what these morons are talking about. First of all... Uh, Trump does not strike me as capable of of sending cryptic hand messages. It's pretty deep, huh? That's pretty deep. And and if so, to what end? What what's the point of this? Uh, well, the the point of it is that CNN, though not delivering fake news, I hate what Trump has done to this country in terms of uh, his dangerous dangerous. Uh, tawdry setting up the media as the as the enemy of the state. That's preposterous. But there is no doubt in my mind that that CNN is agenda driven. Right. They they the likes of Chris Como and this Chris Saliza haven't and this whoever the gal is on every day at about ten. Uh, they their daily their daily job is to uh, prevent uh, to present 
of this administration in the poorest light possible. Uh, they even CNN today even struggled uh, to to report the excellent news that unemployment rate has fallen to three point nine percent, and uh, the unemployment rate is really falling in communities of color. For example, mm-hmm. there are jobs to be had. The economy added 157,000 jobs in July. Good. And they really, really had to struggle to come up with a, a, a negative spin on that, which they managed to do. I don't remember what it was, but they... they uh, something they, left over from the Obama administration? Something, no, it wasn't that uh, uh, harsh, but it was... I can't remember what it was, but isn't that great news? That's wonderful news. And- 3.9% unemployment rate? The prior administration, had that been the case, you would have uh, that would have been celebrated twenty four seven. Well, you, you because you would <clears throat> you would have had uh, in the in the role of president a, a fellow of whom the uh, the New York Times approved, and you have now a fellow uh, who does not get the approval of of the of much of the news gathering uh, institutions, uh, and and Trump. Uh, who's his own worst enemy? Uh, he'll he'll note this great jobs report and great low unemployment rate, and he'll, it, with some justification, although it doesn't play well, he'll say, "See, they never report the positive stuff." Right? No, it's it's getting reported. It's getting reported. Uh, the manufacturing sector last month added thirty seven thousand jobs. So far this year, job growth has averaged two hundred and fifteen thousand per month. Uh, it appears to be that the strength of fiscal stimulus measures are outweighing any kind of effective trade tensions. Uh, uh, despite many businesses' trouble finding qualified workers, they are still hiring and looking outside traditional pools for talent. That's good news for workers with a high school degree and those without a college degree. The unemployment rate ticked down for both groups last month. I, that's I, it's wonderful news. Fantastic. 157,000 new jobs? Yeah. Yep. But but what what CNN wants to do is, and it's not fake. Well, maybe this part is fake. I don't know where they came up with this Q thing. I don't know what I'm supposed to make of it. I don't know what it means. Cryptic messages? No. Trump does not strike me as a guy who would be involved in, in I know what I'll do. Uh, when I get to Tampa for the rally, you watch. I'll be doing a little sign language. He doesn't strike me as that <laughs> no, type of no. guy. Does no, he, not at all. No. So I, I have no idea what uh, what these uh, Chris Cuomo and Saliza are up to. Uh, they, but they're they're enjoying. They're really enjoying setting up. Uh, they really enjoy. Sustaining the divisions in this country. Yes, there's there's no uh, there's no doubt in my mind about that. I but I'm I draw the line at calling news fake. The, the news they have is real. It's just heavily, heavily biased. And I think American consumers are smart enough to see that and to know that. And I, I don't think CNN is a powerhouse of communication in this country. I think they do a damn good job if they would spend two hours on a wildfire. Mm-hmm. But they're... Uh, or a tsunami coming in or something like they that. They just made it too painfully obvious that their daily mission is to present, not under, not even undermine, to figure out ways 
to present this administration in the poorest light possible. Picking their picking their spots as to what to pull out and magnify. Who's line one? Fred. Fred, this is, Mr. Mayor, as you were speaking of not having a coyote sighting, I looked up and you're in Roseville sitting by the pool waiting for the scramble, and there went two coyotes walking by the woods down towards the pond. Holy mackerel. I'm telling you, there's going to be a problem. They're going to hurt a kid, and then all hell is going to break loose. Well, they don't seem to bother the golfers, so, you know, I'm just saying. They're, well, they're, where, where, not specifically, but where are you vaguely in Roseville? Uh, right by Midland Hills Country Club. Okay. Well, they got a lot of land there to roam, huh? Yeah, they do. Were right. they looking for a tea time? No, they're probably, uh, Midland, thank you. Midland Hills uh, probably is having no rodent problems. <laughs> probably. No rabbits, no nothing. No gophers. Are rabbits a rodent? I don't think so. No, rabbits are not. They're a just way they're too. Just, they're too cute. Yeah, but they'll they'll nibble away at the, you know the finely uh, manicured um, flowers and things like that. That's nothing. Midland Hills is a nice track, isn't it? I do. I like it. Yes, it's very nice. I like it. John Camp got a hole in one there, and the next week I got a hole in one. And that's when I developed the theory that to get a hole-in-one, you have to sacrifice a part of your body. The okay. night before Camp got a hole-in-one, he lost a tooth. The okay. night before I got a hole-in-one, I cracked a tooth in half. Figure that out. And you still played with the cracked tooth? Well, what do you, it didn't hurt. I don't, you know, I had to, I had to go get it fixed. I'm were not you, willing to crack a were tooth. Were you near a Best Buy? No, that, that was 90 miles away. Is John Hyde available? If you're near a Best Buy, <laughs> grab me some headphones. Give me some so headphones and some of those uh, some of those CDs of you know ocean waves and stuff like that. You got to sleep, didn't you, pal? I did. Okay. Commencing garage logic segment number three. Here's John Hyde. Thank you, Joe. It's partly cloudy and 75 degrees. Twins open up a weekend series against the Royals tonight at Target Field. Jake Odorizzi will go for the Twins. Righty Heath Fillmeyer pitches <laughs> for Kansas City. Heath Fillmeyer. Oh, sure. You know Heath. Mike Zimmer said the Vikings are not trying to trade linebacker Anthony Barr, who's entering the final year of his contract and has not yet agreed to an extension. The Vikings head coach opened this news conference today by saying he wanted to debunk a report about Barr possibly being on the trading block. Barr is making $12.3 million this season. He declined yesterday to provide any details on how negotiations stand on a possible new deal. Uh, Barr saying, I've said all I've had to say about that. Like I said earlier, I'm just here to continue to get better, work hard, and continue to grow with this team. Uh-huh. And cash a check. Right. Bridgestone Invitational, uh, three players uh, with a couple stroke lead on other players. They are Ian Poulter, Tommy Fleetwood, and Justin Thomas. They all finished the day today at 11 under. Holy mackerel. The leaders are 11 under? That's correct. Poulter, Fleetwood, and Justin Thomas. Huh. Yeah. Uh, Tiger, by the way, if you're wondering now, at three under. I think he bogeyed number one. Did he? 
<laughs> lost the stroke there. News notes from today. Washington County Attorney Pete Orput said he plans to ask for a grand jury immediately to charge the inmate accused of attacking and killing a corrections officer at the Minnesota Correctional Facility in Stillwater last month. Orput told KSTP, our TV affiliate this morning, that his office will be looking to charge 42-year-old Edward Mohammed Johnson with first-degree premeditated murder, first-degree murder of a corrections officer, and second-degree assault. Meanwhile, Johnson made his first court appearance this morning. The judge set unconditional bail at $1 million in the matter. It doesn't really matter about the bail because he's already serving a 29-year sentence for fatally stabbing a roommate in 2002. Do we know if he's in solitary confinement and won't be left out for two years? That has not been in any of the stories, but uh, you would almost have to assume they wouldn't be. Well, because they have that new program where they're only there 90 days, and if they get good, I hope he's just in solitary. Two years. They got it. They got it. Gotcha. Minnesota is joining a lawsuit against the federal government to block the release of blueprints that show how to make a 3D printed plastic gun. Attorney General Lori Swanson said today she's joining other attorney generals in challenging the recent settlement between the Trump administration and a Texas based company that wants to release blueprint plans online. Swanson says access to 3D printed guns is a significant public safety risk and the guns are untraceable for law enforcement. She argues that state and federal law prohibit certain people from possessing guns, including people diagnosed with a mental illness and felons. Federal judge temporarily blocked release of the plans earlier this week. It, if they're worried about criminals getting them, I, I think their worries misplaced. Uh, first of all, a criminal isn't going to spend thousands of dollars for a printer. They'll just steal a gun that already exists. Mm-hmm. So I guess I don't have much of a horse in this race other than I guess I have no horse in the race. <laughs> uh, so, some, okay. But but to worry that this is going to somehow increase criminal gun activity strikes me as silly. Uh, I, there's plenty of criminal gun activity now without having to figure out how to print a gun. Authorities in Las Vegas say they cannot definitively determine the gunman's motive in the October 1st mass shooting that killed 58 people. Clark County Sheriff Joe Lombardo made the announcement as he made public results of the investigation into the shooting. Lombardo said shooter Stephen Paddock was, in his words, an unremarkable man who showed signs of a troubled mind. Lombardo said Las Vegas police have finished up their investigation into the shooting. The FBI's Behavioral Analysis Unit is expected to release a psychological profile of Paddock later this year. He was found dead in a 32nd floor hotel suite after he opened fire on crowds at a country music festival, killing 58 people. U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo says North Korea is far from living up to its pledge to denuclearize and remains in violation of numerous U.N. Security Council resolutions. Pompeo was speaking today before he attends an Asian security forum with North Korea's foreign minister. He told reporters in Singapore there's still a ways to go before achieving the goal of ridding the North of its nuclear weapons. Pompeo's comments come after the White House yesterday announced that President Trump received a new letter from North Korean leader Kim Jong-un and responded quickly with a letter of his own. The correspondence following up on their Singapore summit in June came amid fresh concerns about Pyongyang's commitment to denuclearization, despite a picture of progress being painted by the administration. A Kentucky Democratic candidate condemned by his own party yesterday over a campaign advertisement that appears to depict a lynching. Realtor Bobby Smith placed the ad in the Spencer Magnet, a local weekly publication. It features four bodies appearing to hang from a tree, according to the Louisville Courier-Journal. Each body has a different word on it, spelling out good old boy system. The ad stated some hard choices need to be made to make Spencer County great again. I will make those choices. Smith is the Democrat 
running against Republican incumbent John Riley. The Kentucky Democrats came out in a tweet to disavow the ad. The tweet said the Kentucky Democratic Party finds this ad to be offensive and appalling, given its, uh, given its imagery. Smith, were they black people? I hope not. They were not. They were just, uh, no, they were just drawings, basically. You couldn't tell. There was well, no And color. the point of this was he, what, what is he, this moron attempting to convey? Uh, he says uh, they don't represent people, but rather show the Spencer County system, which uh-huh. he is frustrated with, which... What state is this? This is in Kentucky. Was this is this down in the holler? Maybe, uh, huh? Yeah, in out in the holler. Well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the state has, of course, a dark history when it comes to lynching. One hundred eighty-six black people lynched between eighteen seventy-seven and nineteen fifty, according to the Center for Studies in Demography and Ecology at the University of Washington. I'm currently reading uh, "Hillbilly Elegy." It's on oh. the uh, author's corner page. I uh-huh. recommend it. Uh, J.D. Vance. I did read that. Did you? Actually, did you yeah. What did you think? Uh, it was uh, it was uh, interesting. Yeah, it was very good. Well, right it's, another, uh, it's another it's uh, another book you can read and you can say, and this is why Trump got elected. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Any Russian stuff in it? Nope. <laughs> Houston's police chief, uh, police chief says a man accused of killing one of former President George H. W. Bush's doctors has killed himself. Chief Art Acevedo made the announcement at a news conference this morning. Police allege Pappas shot Dr. Mark Hausnecht on July 20th while the cardiologist rode his bike to work at Houston Methodist Hospital. Authorities had previously described Joseph James Pappas as armed, dangerous, and possibly suicidal. Uh, Pappas might have been seeking revenge, according to authorities, for his mother, who died on the doctor's operating table more than 20 years ago. Slacking off on exercise for just a few weeks? can have an impact on your body that can mat- uh, last much longer, according to new research. You don't say. What do you got, Reeves? What do you got? Tell me about Reavers, Johnny. Tell me about Reavers. <laughs> Two recent studies from the University You're of... You're such a jerk height. <laughs> what? <laughs> Two recent studies from the University of Liverpool and McMaster University, among others, monitored active people who abruptly started sitting more and found their blood sugar levels rose, their insulin sensitivity decreased, and they gained weight. The study's volunteers... Uh-huh. Returned to an active lifestyle after two weeks, but the undesirable metabolic changes did not fully reverse. Dr. David Argus said that a two-week break can have real ramifications that linger for many weeks afterward, especially for older folks. What if you balance it with like, you know, 12 craft beers and some onion rings? (laughs) That works out. Yeah. Previous studies of college students who suddenly became more sedentary demonstrated a lot of the same effects of the new research. The difference is that their bodies, if they were younger were able to bounce back within two to three days after they started exercising again, metabolism-wise. Dr. August says, in this study, over the age of 65, the body's metabolism did not bounce back. After two weeks, most of them hadn't changed at all. They were still back to that change that happens with being sedentary. Well, so basically, age. if you're over the age of 65, they're telling you, never sit down. Yeah, don't right. stop exercising. You should do, do the show standing up. No, I'm not going to. He stands up every break. Yep. Jacket worn by. Don't talk about speaking around being the third and he person. talks to himself. Yeah. Remember that time he asked about a Best Buy? Yep. <laughs> 90 miles away. I didn't know that. Could have got there, probably. Could have got a, uh, some earphones. <laughs> uh, uh, our buddy, uh, as we all know, Danny O'Gara over at O'Gara's, yeah. uh, they're going to be closing and tearing down the bar and rebuilding. Uh, the new bar will not have a shanty or garage in back that features bands. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now, to uh, celebrate the current shanty and garage before they close, they've announced a Series of Farewell to Shanty Concerts. All right, we got to go. Give me the list. They're all in September. Yeah. Uh, all really, I'm all ears, John. All really good local bands. Uh, the 14th, Mango Jam. Yeah. Fine band. 15th, The Goonie Birds. Okay. The 21st, uh, Tim Mahoney and Johnny Clueless. Yep. 
The 22nd, Martin Zeller's tribute to Neil Diamond. Nice. 28th, G.B. Layton. Oh, you got to go see G.B. Mm-hmm. And the 29th, Martin Zeller will be back with his band, The Hardaways, and also The Billies will be performing on the 29th. What's the 20th and 29th, John? What day of the week we talk? Is it a weekend September? Deal? I don't know. Do I'd you have to remember? Look at the... I got it. <laughs> when I was young. September 28th is Friday. 29th is Saturday. All right. We got a date, boys. In other 29th. words, these these concerts are all on weekends. In other uh, words. 14, yeah, that would appear. So 14th, 15th, 21st. Well, that makes sense. You don't yeah. want to plan a big thing. You don't want to right. go on a school night. Right. right. school night. Yeah. No, not at all. Is Dave Dahl available? Dave Dahl will be doing our first forecast here in Garage Is that correct, sir? I hope so. Thanks, Joe. We're at 75 degrees. Our dew points are climbing. The temps are going to start to jump up in a hurry. They're close to 90 in southwestern Minnesota, and that heat is headed this way. The warm front is sitting right on top of us right now. To the north and east of that warm front, some strong to severe storms have been producing some large hail this afternoon. East-central parts of Minnesota, up there around Pine County, and from there they stretch into northwestern Wisconsin over to about Hayward and then drop southeastward from there. But that is all shifting off toward the east-northeast gradually. As that warm front moves northward, we should see our temperatures jump up in a hurry here for the next couple of hours. We should still reach 85 at least for a high, and the dew point's up there around 70. It's going to be very sticky the rest of this afternoon through this evening. <clears throat> Excuse me. Tonight, we could get some showers and storms to develop after midnight. Right now, it looks like they'll favor about 2 to 3 in the morning and then last all the way through the morning hours on Saturday. Maybe a little bit of a break in the middle part of the day, but Saturday does look like the wettest day of the two this weekend. 80 for the high on Saturday. Sunday, um, temperatures getting up to about 87, so it does heat up on Sunday. Still some scattered showers and storms possible then. Next week, we're going to stay in the mid to upper 80s for highs all week long. Right now, Joe, we're at 75. All right, thank you. Uh, We got a letter from Jerry Albrecht, who is a retired dairy farmer. Yeah, uh, but he kept his farm stationary. He's got he's got big cows on it and stuff. And he, but Reavers, explain that letter to me. Uh, to the Sports Talk crew, this is dated uh, August first. Right. Our cows are gone, but still have uh, stationary kept. Yeah, uh, which is the letter he sent this on. Yeah, I know you are all town ball enthusiasts, of course. My wife, uh, my wife and I were on our way to the Redwood County Fair a few weeks ago. We had to get a picture in Fairfax of Dana Kicker Street entering the Fairfax City Field on Highway 19. Oh, I've been there many times. I've been there many times. Hope you can <laughs> reminisce about it. I think uh, Burt Blylevin comes there once a year. He's exactly right. Uh, in the Fairfax Stadium, which is where Dana Kicker is from, Dana, of course, pitched for the Boston Red Sox. And now, and in fact, Dana's a big listener of the station. Um, Why don't you uh, keep that then? Today oh, I'm 100 percent going to keep that this with, uh, with share that. that with the boys at three o'clock. Of course, mm-hmm. this is really cool. In fact, he's right. Bert uh, goes out there once a year. It's not like a fantasy camp. It's something else. Um, but the guy that runs it is Randy Sampson, the the Fairfax, the, the uh, Canterbury Park. Oh, okay. He's tied in with yeah, the Fairfax yeah, Townball team. A sociology professor at the yeah. University of North Texas, and you're already thinking. Here we go again, into the failed academy. Yep. Continue. A sociology professor at the University of North Texas has taken his colleagues to task in a recent article saying, because academics are much more politically progressive and irreligious than the general population, it can lead to liberal and secular bias in academic research as well as public mistrust. 
Wow. No bleep, Sherlock. Right. What took you so long? <laughs> Are you kidding me? What do you think we've been talking about? What does he plan on doing about it? George Yancey wrote, yes, academic bias is a problem and we need to address it. <laughs> For the new issue of the American Sociologist. You all right in there? I swallowed water wrong. God almighty. You going to heave? No, I'm right. Almighty! I swallowed a sip of water wrong. I swallowed a sip of water. Reavers didn't look up from the computer. He's not worried about me choking to death. Uh, George Yancey wrote, "Yes, academic bias is a problem, and we need to address it." For the new issue of the American Sociologist, in response to a professor who deemed academic political bias a myth, that's not a myth. Yancey said the sheer number of progressive scholars relative to conservative scholars is a factor that can lead to institutional bias. Well, yes. One of the most important assumptions of the scientific method is that scholars are disinterested in the results of the work, Yancey wrote, adding that we have to question whether scholars are as dispassionate about the results as they claim to be. Those like myself are also concerned about academic bias simply because such bias can lead to bad science. This there is a cost to this type of bias, not always taken into consideration. Uh, when ideas in academia are dismissed instead of debated, non-academics begin to lose their trust in our educational institutions. I already have. Right. It's therefore not surprising that political conservatives have dramatically lost faith in higher education over the past few years, Yancey observed, according to Campus Reform. Yancey, with David Williamson, co-authored a book a few years back called So Many Christians, So Few Lions, Is There Christianophobia in the United States? Which concluded that while there, while there isn't widespread Christianophobia in America, the small number of people with a strong aversion to conservative believers are among the influential and elite. This guy is reading us every line we've ever... Talked about on this show. If he's a podcast listener. Probably should uh, get this guy on the air, huh? Yeah. Uh, Yancey took note of some of the unreasonable hatred encountered through interviews with cultural progressive activists. Uh, and cultural progressive activists, he, he quoted some of them. I, I want them all to die in a fire. That was a male age 26 to 35 with a doctorate, meaning uh, conservatives. Okay. They should be eradicated without hesitation and remorse. Their only purpose. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, I misread. Uh, the following are comments about the Christian believers. The following are comments about the Christian believers. This is what this guy found and he wrote in his book. I want them all to die in a fire, meaning Christians. Okay. Uh, they should be eradicated without hesitation or remorse. Remorse. Their only purpose is to damage and inflict their fundamentalist virus onto everyone they come in contact with. Uh, they make me a believer in eugenics. They pollute good air. I would be in favor of establishing a state for them. If not, then sterilize them so they can't breed more. Other than that, I don't think the remarks were that harsh. No. I might save this and talk to this guy. His name is... It's ironic to me, too, that he's a sociology professor. You know, I could see maybe... It doesn't a, fit the profile. It doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, his name is George Yancey. And what he wrote is called, Yes, Academic Bias is a Problem and We Need to Address It uh, for, uh, for the New Issue of the American Sociologist. Uh, well, there's, there's pushback there. There's a North Texas state uh, 
uh, probably a tenured sociology professor, who was throwing up his hands and saying, are you kidding me? It's not a myth that this, these institutions are biased. I've got the material to prove it. And I'm going to say it, damn it. <laughs> he is saying it. He's pushing back. I wonder if, uh, because not all. Not There's a every, helpful picture here of North Texas State University. Not all professors think that way, but they think they're supposed to think that way. Well, because if you're in the club, you're not allowed to have your own thoughts. Right. But uh, just just think of those comments that that progressives, cultural progressive activists make about Christians or the Christian right. I want them to die in a fire. They should be eradicated. They make me believe. They're extremely similar to what we encountered yesterday in the New York Times new editorialist Sarah Jiang who uh, has managed to keep her job at the New York Times despite the unearthing of incredible hatred. That, that is shocking. Uh, well, but there's more. I've, there's more now that's been revealed about what she's written. Well, we won't get to it yet this hour, but we can start the next hour with it. Truly incredible hatred expressed uh, by the uh, the Mysterians. Because uh, I'm afraid it's true when I say Mysterians just don't like people. happens when you have the instincts it really does uh uh pelican quite the bear update coming up today too uh, uh, and and new texts have been uh, discovered written by uh, sarah Gian, uh the new uh, one of the new editorial writers at the new york times anything that might get her uh excuse from apparently appar- apparently the uh, times continues to stand by her uh she's a young asian uh, well she's born in south korea for all i know she's an american uh, they stood by her Thursday after the internet surfaced her old racist tweets. However, her full Twitter history reveals her ire was not only directed towards white people. And you'll have, oh. you'll have to stay tuned to discover okay. more of that. Well, that'll keep me here for sure. Mm-hmm. What's the temperature? Well, we're looking at 75, but apparently it's going uh, to get a little more warmer and steamier. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to that. You like that. 1,500. ESPN is KSTP, St. Paul, Minneapolis. Uh, things hurt less when it's hot and humid. Ah, okay. Things just 